You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win! Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown! Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. We are rolling into week six, Packers versus Buccaneers. The undefeated Green Bay Packers at 4-0 had a successful bye week. And by successful, we mean that they managed to avoid any positive COVID tests in the, I guess, riskiest place to be an NFL team right now in, in Brown County. So I am one of your hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by the wonderful Perry Goldstein. And we we're back with another game breakdown with yeah. Packers Bucks. Yeah, here we go. I'm I started drinking, which Packers I Packers football I is back. We are back, baby. It's been no a while more by a week. It's been a while. I had I feel like I said this this week, and now it's Friday, and now I really mean it. Is serious Packer withdrawals. <laughs> yeah. But um, we ready. We ready. All right. Um, I do really, I kind of want to touch on what you mentioned, though, because it is, like, very impressive that the oh. Packers have managed to have no positive tests while living in the hottest of hot spots in terms of COVID spikes. Um, we're seeing around the league, I feel like it's almost every single day that another team has a positive test come through and their facility has to shut down. And I don't know what the Packers are doing or if they're just the only ones actually following protocols, but they're doing a phenomenal job and should be a beacon and put on their high pedestal for example of how to act during COVID times. Yeah. And I mean, we try to keep issues off of the, the air as as much as we can but Wisconsin numbers are going up every single day literally every single day this week we've had a new record high and if you want to get to Lambeau Field as we do to watch Packers football even if you personally don't think that some of these safety protocols will help you do it for the fact that you could get to go to a stadium and see your team play football because the Buccaneers are having fans in the stands, which is going to be the first time we're going to see a sizable amount of people this week. And, you know, that was something Matt LaFleur talked about. Some of the players talked about actually now getting to have that experience of a COVID game with fans in the stands. So we think that this is a Packers team that can make a very deep push in the playoffs. And while Lambeau field is home field advantage in and of itself in the winter, imagine if we can get some fans there. So 
please take it seriously and do what you can, especially if you live in Wisconsin. And hopefully sooner rather than later, we can get some fans in the stand to help out this literally historic Packers team that none of us are getting to see live. Yeah, let me put this in perspective for y'all. We are probably going to have, for the very first time in Aaron Rodgers' career, a home field NFC championship game. So if you want to attend that, (laughs) you should probably follow CDC guidelines and wear masks. And I understand that some of you are probably going to turn this episode off after we start talking about this, and I promise we will get to a COVID-less football breakdown. But seriously, like... I can't believe that we have to put that in terms of in football terms and not just like basic human decency terms, but just do what you need to do because we're going to miss this entire season and get to watch as other fan bases go to games while we all sit at home. And that's me normally in New York, but I would love to get up to Wisconsin. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. But Perry, let's, let's talk about something a little bit more lighthearted, I guess. I don't know. And it's uh, it's the Packers versus the Bucks because you already said it. Football's back. We missed the Packers last week. There was, there was a good stretch of football games going on, obviously, but it's always a better week when the Packers are involved. So Packers traveling to Tampa Bay. It will be the third time that Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady will quote-unquote face off, and I know that they're both really sick of that narrative, but I do I like that, that... Well, I like that each time that they're asked about it, all they say is complimentary things about one another because I think there's a mutual admiration for one another, and it is a unique circumstance because, you know, with a guy like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady being in the AFC, they played against each other all the time. So yeah. I do think it's a unique opportunity to see two Hall of Famers go at it because that doesn't necessarily happen frequently. So let's, I guess, start then with the Packers offense, the undefeated Packers. And I think the biggest news maybe for this offense this week is that Devonte Adams is a full participant in practice. He is ready to return on so Sunday. Is Kenny Clark. Right. But we're talking about the offense. Oh, sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, Outside of Tyler Irvin, who is the one did not participate in practice all week, this is a really healthy Packers team. And I think the, you know, we normally hem and haw at having a week five bye. You don't normally love to see it, but this allowed the Packers to get really healthy going into one of the toughest stretches on their schedule. So who I guess would be your key player to watch on offense this week for the Green Bay Packers now that the offense is theoretically at full strength? Yeah, so I do, I do just want to say that it's very exciting, the the matchup, but I think more than that, it's a really evenly matched team. I think the a lot of what the Bucks do is what the Packers do well as well. Um, and obviously, you're getting two quarterbacks on the field playing each other's defenses. Um, but <laughs> but it's going to be yeah. no matter what, it's going to be a good, <laughs> it's going to be a great game. It's the prime time game. It's the national game. We're getting Troy Aikman and Buck and Aaron Andrews, my girl. Um, and so it's, it's definitely going to be, I think a a pretty hyped up game, but that's because it's going to, it's two NFC contenders. Um, I think that the Packers look better. Um, that's not me being a homer. It's just the Packers offense is probably the best in the league right now. Um, and so you got to talk about, you just said it, we're getting Devontae Adams back. Um, he, Felt like he was ready to go against the Falcons. They decided to hold him back, which was, I think, obviously, in hindsight, a great idea, seeing 
as a few other wide receivers who decided to play that week are still nursing injuries. Um, he got two more weeks basically out of that to heal up. And he is now a hundred percent full strength, ready to go. Um, I wouldn't want to be the Bucks secondary going up against the <laughs> Devonte Adams that missed two games is, is always going for, you know, that all pro pro bowl level campaign. So he's two, two games behind. So he's got some catches and some yards to make up. So he's definitely going to be, um, you know, out there sort of kind of full vengeance, if you will. Um, Rogers as well, every single press conference, I think has said how he cannot wait to have Devonte Adams <laughs> back. And he's like, yes, guys, I know our offense rolls so great, but you always want 17 out there. Um, and so I think it's only just going to make this matchup uh, even more favorable towards us. And I can't wait to see LaFleur, extend on the success that the offense has had without Devonte Adams and include him in that. Um, I think that he also, you know, we saw that Carlton Davis is questionable. Um, Jamel Dean is a go. I think that's actually a pretty decent matchup. Jamel Dean is big. He's six, one, like 200 something pounds. He basically looks like a safety, but he's a cornerback. Um, so that's going to be a, actually a pretty interesting matchup. I think Devante wins at the line of scrimmage every single time. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, again, you know, it, this is a secondary that's probably the best one that the Packers have gone up against, which is not saying much based off of the teams that we've played so far this season, but they're young. They're young and young guys are prone to making even the small, you know, big mistakes, but also even small mistakes. And if you make even the tiniest misstep against an Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams connection, they're going to toast you. So I can't wait to have 17 back is basically my answer to your question. <laughs> no, I agree. And I'm glad you touched on all those things. And I think, you know, it was easy for us to say like, oh, look at how successful this Packers offense was without 17 last season. They won all four games. Like, you know, people started to wonder, you know, Devontae Adams even joked about it. Like, oh, they don't need me, man. Like they, <laughs> they are successful without me, but having him back just adds such another layer to this Matt LaFleur offense. And that kind of segues into my player to watch who is Robert Tanyan. And a large part of that is, you know, we saw him have his hat trick against the Falcons and he kind of, I mean, I think Packers fans knew some of what we could expect from him, but it was theoretically a, a breakout game for the rest of the league. It kind of put the league on notice. They were into, introduced to an undrafted player who, you know, is really impressing with this Packers offense. And having a guy like Devontae Adams back just takes all of the pressure off some of those other guys. MBS is no longer getting the 1-7 treatment. 1-7 is getting the 1-7 treatment. So <laughs> that opens thing up, things up for him. You have Big Bob Tanyan, hopefully in the slot or as a mismatch against this Bucks defense. And yeah, I mean, I think there's just a lot to like, and I'm sure we'll talk about key matchups a little bit later, but I think the absence of Tyler Irvin also opens up some opportunities for some other guys, whether we see MVS on the jet sweep or, you know, if we see you and I talked about this little pre-show every week, I'm going to talk about wanting to see more of AJ Dillon because it's my brand. But you know, if we see Jones out wide and we see AJ, see AJ Dillon in the backfield. If we see Jamal out wide, like I think there's a lot that can happen in 21 or even 31 personnel to get some of these guys open, even with having Devonte Adams back. So obviously Devonte Adams is probably the biggest 
addition to this offense going into this matchup. But I am curious to see what we get out of Robert Tanya, knowing that maybe some of that, that pressure is off of him with a high profile target coming back. So then because this Bucks offense is kind of up in the air right now, I mean, two of their star wide receivers are limited in practice. They're two best wide receivers, two of the best receivers in the NFL, potentially one of the best tandems in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Who would be your player to watch for this Bucks offense? Yeah, look, I can talk about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin all day, but I think that at the end of the day, it's going to be Ronald Jones. Um, I have, oh, we'll get there. Um, I have, I have the faith in our secondary, like I said, we'll get there, but Ronald Jones is kind of on fire right now. Um, you know, his last two games, he's had over a hundred rushing yards, um, against the Chicago bears who by no means have a bad defense, um, and somehow ended up pulling out a win in that game. Um, he averaged 6.24 yards per carry. So he is a little bit of a problem for this Packers team that obviously is totally and completely fine with giving up a bunch of yards on the ground. That being said, um, containing him will be a hell of a lot easier now that Kenny Clark is back. And um, that's pretty exciting. So um, I think that, yes, he's a test. Um, He is one of the best uh, running backs, I believe, with yards after contact. So he's going to be, again, a test for our tackling abilities, which if you watch the Saints game, you know that they uh, weren't great. So there's definitely going to be like some level of testing of this defense. And I don't love the, you know, what we put on the field when we go up against a running back like Ronald Jones in terms of, you know, the kind of defense that Patton plays, but he, I think is a key for the bucks to move the chains and sort of beat down on this Packers defense, keep them on the field for a long time. Yeah. And it does seem like this is a Bucks offense that will be at full strength. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are both removed from the injury report as of Friday. So, you know, I know they were limited in practice for most of the week, but it does seem like they'll be available. So they will be a full strength offense, but I still think one of my guys to watch is Scotty Miller. And he just has kind of been a clutch player for Brady in the absence of some of the other stars on this offense. If you listened to Packaday, uh, Gage Bridgeford had said that he thinks of Scotty Miller as the typical Wes Welker, Julian Edelman. He's a smaller, shifty, traditional slot-bodied player, which we know is something that Tom Brady really utilizes. And he's second on the team in yardage behind only Mike Evans. And his numbers are pretty impressive. So to me, you know, I think we'll see a lot of Jair, just ridiculous man coverage. We'll talk about Kevin King and whether or not we think he'll play a little bit later. But regardless of if it's Chandon Sullivan, if you have a guy like Raven Green kind of dropping into the box, whoever is going up against a guy like Scotty Miller, he's quick. So I think that that will be another test because this is a Bucks, um tight end unit that doesn't have a lot of speed. I mean, Rob Gronkowski, you never want to count him out, but they're slower, bigger physical bodies, but I don't think they're going to like breeze past you. So like, like a Darren Waller would. So to, to have a guy like Scotty Miller, I think he offers a real unique dynamic to this Bucks defense that maybe the Packers haven't gone up against quite yet. Maybe, maybe Danny Amendola with the lions, but that would probably be the mm-hmm. comp that I could give him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see that. I do see that. Yeah, it's. I have another uh, wide receiver that I think is going to be a little bit of an X factor for them. But let's talk about the defense, um, because 
we love defense. Um, my, it's not really, I guess it is one player, but okay. Obviously losing Kevin King in any week is a problem. He's one of our starting cornerbacks. You don't want to lose a starter. Losing Kevin King this week is, I think, an extra problem um, because Mike Evans is a big dude. He's a big physical receiver, and he is your boundary guy, right? You want Kevin King in there going up against Mike Evans. While I wholeheartedly believe that Jair Alexander could do it, (laughs) he's a better matchup on Chris Godwin. And so you imagine that that's sort of what the plan would be if Kevin King is a go. So if Kevin King is not a go, who steps in there to cover Mike Evans, who's one of the... I think probably one of the most underrated, but top elite receivers in the league. And again, he is big. You cannot just put anyone on him and expect to be able to cover him because he could literally just reach up and reach over you. And I don't have a ton of confidence in some of the backups. Like would I love to see Kadar Holman take a jump and play more snaps in a game? Sure. Do I want him starting covering Mike Evans? No. Um, Same with Josh Jackson. So Kevin King is really kind of who I'm looking at as it could be a scale tipper if he doesn't play on Sunday and not in our favor. Um, So I'm definitely looking to see, you know, what that game time decision ends up being. And then on the flip side of that, if he is going to be sidelined because of his quad injury, then who are they going to put? on a guy like Mike Evans, I would imagine to be honest with you, now that I'm thinking about it, I would imagine that they probably would move Jair over and then just keep safety help over there on a guy like Mike Evans, you know, keep Adrian Amos or Darnell Savage, like on, on call. And maybe someone like Chandon Sullivan could take, could take uh, Chris Godwin, but it's definitely a concern and something to watch out for. Yeah, I feel like we were very much on the same page this week because my defensive player that I wanted to talk about was actually Kadar Holman because I think that if Kevin King can't go, Kadar is the next man up. And we saw a little bit of that against the Falcons. And he's looked good in limited reps. I think he's really physical, which is what he would need to play against a guy like Mike Evans. You know, I I think that you don't want to throw like a Chandon Sullivan out of his element because he, right now he's playing as one of the best slots in the league at that nickel spot, you know, you can maybe bring Raven green over or like a Will Redmond, a Darnell Savage, but I, I feel like it's good. Our Holman and you know, but maybe Kevin King is available to play on Sunday, but in the limited looks that we've seen from Holman, I think that this is a big opportunity. And I also not to like completely derail the episode, but <laughs> if Kadar Holman plays well, that kind of got me thinking about mm-hmm. Kevin King and what that I know means. where you're going with this. And yes. I mean, I know Josh Jackson has another year, you know, and but Jair's going to get paid. And Josh Jackson so far has given absolutely nothing, no indication that he needs to be re-signed in Green Bay. And, you know, whether or not that's a scheme thing, he's just not seeing the field. So I do think that Kadar Holman is the guy And I agree with you that that's going to be, it could end up being, to use your words, a scale tipper if Kevin King can't go. But in the limited glimpses that I've seen of Kadar Holman, I like that he plays very physically because I think that that's what you get against a guy like Mike Evans, even though he's giving up a 
a big height difference. And, you know, I think you keep Jair on the speed. You keep Jair with Chris Godwin. You keep Chandon mm-hmm. Sullivan in the slot because you don't want to mess up too much of a good thing. You want to keep your defense as cohesive as possible. But, yeah, I think I think it could be a really big showing, whether it's a really negative showing or a really positive showing. It's, it's going to be a big game for Kadar. Yeah, no, it's it, – no, you're, you're spot on there, right? Like, and I think at the end of the day, too – there's a, there's a few things here. One is, I agree, you don't want to mess up a good thing. And I think that our our secondary does, completes their assignments that they, like that Patton gives them to the best of their abilities. And the best of their abilities are pretty elite. So I agree with you. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see kind of what Patton does. But let's say, you know, it is Kadar Holman. Let's say you, your scenario is what ends up happening on game day. Kadar Holman goes up against Mike Evans and he plays well, that says a lot. That could yeah. be our, you know, our, our cornerback room next season. You know, this, this is like a glimpse into potentially what 2021 is. And it's not to say that I want that. You know, we, we know how I feel about Kevin King. <laughs> I, I want him to stay in Green Bay. Um, and I think he's played so far this season um, up to the standards of someone who should get re-signed in Green Bay. Uh, but at the same time, you know, this is why we didn't bring Tremont Williams back, right? Is to give these guys their opportunities. Um, and so, yeah, I hope I hope Kadar can can go in there and show up and show out. Um, and it, it could definitely be a glimpse into it, – it's information for Goot. That's, that's what I'll say about that. Yeah, and not to, like, belabor this point any further because, you know, Tremont is, like, a consummate pro – if he were to come back to Green Bay, nobody would have any complaints about it. But I think that we're seeing kind of the development. Like, Chandon Sullivan looks phenomenal in the slot right now. He's got one of the best ratings in the league as a slot corner. And I think that that is the the kind of development that you want to see that maybe would have been hampered by bringing back a guy like Tremont. And, you know, knock on wood that there's no serious injuries to the cornerback room later in the season. I think he's always going to be on standby. And I think that he still can play and would still play for the Packers if he was needed. But... Yeah, I mean, this is just another test for these young guys that you draft and develop in case you need them to be called upon in a pinch. So I know that the certified quarterback stand could talk about corners <laughs> the entire episode. Well, but. good thing that my choice for defense on the Bucks is also a quarterback. Um, no, I mean, it's just that, like, I really... so. So obviously when we prep for our shows, especially these preview shows, you know, we go back and we watch... The Bucks. We watch the Bucks game and games and how they play. And honestly, this Bucks secondary is quite good. Um, like I mentioned earlier, they're young, but they're very talented. They have a lot of athleticism and a lot of talent. Um, and Jamel Dean is going to be the guy that goes up against, Jai- uh, sorry, not Jair Alexander, gosh, um, against Devontae Adams. Um, and, you know, we also have Anton Winfield Jr., who you and I both were very high on in the draft. I think everyone is. And he's making a, you know, rookie, defensive rookie of the year uh, campaign for himself. So I am, again, this might be a cop out, um, but for my Bucks defensive player, like I'm looking at Jamel Dean, you know, Carlton Davis is obviously number one. He is um, potentially not going to play. He's got three interceptions already in five games. They're ball Hawks, you know, they're, they're on it. They're ball hockey. They're going to take it away from you. 
Um, they're going to test Aaron Rodgers' accuracy. They're they're going to be the first, I think, real test when it comes to that. So um, it's going to be a fun matchup, no matter what. Yeah, and I'm really torn. I think I have a different player that I want to talk about, but I just really quickly want to mention Antoine Winfield Jr. because, you know, you had said it on Twitter. It's kind of been circulating that this is the first time Aaron Rodgers is going up against a son of somebody that he played previously. And mm-hmm. Antoine Winfield Sr. in 2009 played with the Vikings and intercepted Aaron Rodgers. So if Antoine Winfield Jr. were to, in fact, pick off Aaron Rodgers on Sunday, not only would that end Aaron Rodgers' interception-free streak of 2020, it would be the first time in history that a father and son duo have intercepted the same quarterback. So not that we're rooting for that, but that is something that is technically at stake. That's cool. <laughs> it, it is pretty cool. Like, if it were to happen, I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers would be like, shit, that sucks. But, like, kind of a cool nugget of history. But... My guy that I actually want to talk about is Devin White. And the reason I say that is because, one, Devin White has been pretty vocal about wanting to be a larger part of the Bucks' defensive plan going into Sunday's game. And, two, this is a really athletic inside linebacker. And the Packers have gone up against a few of those. But I think that Eric Kendricks was kind of like the pinnacle at inside linebacker that they've seen this season. So a lot of what we saw them doing with Josiah DeGuara, who now of course is on injured reserve, a lot of these kind of sneaky wheel routes and jet sweeps would have worked really well if there was not a super athletic inside linebacker kind of guarding for those. So having a guy like Devin White in the middle of the field, once again, gives this Packers defense a really athletic inside linebacker to go up against. And I know that Devin White, you know, as somebody that Packers fans wanted a couple seasons ago in the draft. So I'm really curious to see what he does on Sunday and, you know, how, kind of how he factors into this game plan because he already has two passes defensed uh, he, and he looks good and athletic so far uh, in kind of the limited reps we've seen through four games or five games for the Bucks. Oh, yeah. I knew you were going to pick him and I actually actively chose not to. Did you really? Yeah, because he was on my mind as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think we'll probably get to the Bucks pass rush, but... They just have an all-around, like, very, very solid defense. I think they're second in the league right now in DVOA. I don't know how people feel about DVOA, but it is a stat that exists. (laughs) Um, All right, so you want to talk about X-Factors? Let's do it. Okay. Um, Yeah, I'm going to talk about the Packers offensive line because all of a sudden this season, I love the trenches. Weird. I've never, ever watched a football game before this season looking at the trenches. And yet here we are, and the Packers offensive line is like the best in the league. And that's a pretty big deal, like I said, going up against a pass rush that the Bucks have with JPP and Shaq Barrett, who led the league in sacks last year. And who am I missing? Vita Vea is out, which is a big deal. Um, and Damaka Sue, who Aaron Rodgers also just shaded <laughs> on the Pat McAfee show. So I don't know if Sue saw that, but if he is, he's coming for him. Um, but yeah, this Packers O-line is the X factor. Like I just, I don't know how else to say it there. Obviously David Bakhtiari is the best pass blocking left tackle in the league. Um, Corey Lindsley is been listed as the top center in the league and they're one of the best run blocking you know offensive lines as a cohesive unit so I think getting the run game going against this front seven is going to be a difficult task Um, but if this Packers offensive line can create those holes for Aaron Jones it's game over 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's just stop the show. I mean, that literally <laughs> is the crux of what this this Packers offense needs to do. The Bucks have the best rated run defense in the league right now. They're averaging like it's like 2.7 yards a carry. Like that is a stout defense. And if this Packers offense can generate any type of run game against the yeah. Bucks, it's game over. And I mean, we can. We totally we can. can just call it. We can just call it. Yeah. You know, you're saying that we can, we can run. No, we can, I think we can potentially because we have one of the best run blocking offensive lines in the league and they create gaping holes for Aaron Jones, who also is really good in, you know, little lanes that he can be shifty and get, get around. Um, so yeah, Packers offensive line. X factor. This is a wild stat, too. Like, I'm so glad that you brought this up because in one of the losses the Bucks had this year, it was the Saints, and they got 82 yards on the ground, which is minimal. Like, that's not a great outing for your run game. They lost to the Bears, obviously, and the Bears had 35 yards on the ground, and they still managed to put everything together and beat the Bucks. Oh, okay. Then we definitely should be able to beat We'll Bucks. be able to run more than 35 yards. Yeah. <laughs> I feel good about that, but... Yeah. Uh, see, like, this is where I'd want to be like, my X factor is AJ Dillon. You know what? Fuck it. My X factor is AJ Dillon. Because if there's one powerhouse back that is going to get you through Ndamukong and Sue, Shaq Barrett, JPP, mm-hmm. behind a stout offensive line, the best in the NFL, at least on your left side, it's a guy like AJ Dillon. And that's not to say that Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams can't break tackles, but if there's a game to see what your bruiser back can do, do it against a stout run defense. Like right. if you have small guys that can't break tackles in these kinds of scenarios, let your 250 pound quads for days running back, take a stab at it. Right. No, I completely agree. And you said it too. So I'm going to quote you on your own show, but <laughs> you said it that we're losing Tyler Irvin. So who's going to take over that jet motion you know, role, if you will, and who would, if they put them in that role, who would they respect enough to actually take that seriously? And it's obviously Aaron Jones. So if you put Aaron Jones in as the jet motion, jet sweep, whatever, you put uh, AJ Dillon in as the H-back, like you said, you know, what do you do with that? You have to respect Aaron Jones, but then you have to think Matt LaFleur is not going to put AJ Dillon just to put him in. So... I like it. I like that plan, Maggie. If AJ Dillon can be serviceable in pass pro, because I, I'm kind of wondering if that's why he hasn't seen the field yet, because, right. you know, Aaron Rodgers has said, Aaron Jones, I trust Jamal Williams. I trust like it's, I have a lot of faith in those guys. So if AJ Dillon isn't kind of up to par with his pass blocking, I can see why Aaron Rodgers doesn't want him in there. But if we get into any like goal to go situations and AJ Dillon isn't trotted out there for at least a play, like I'm going to lose my we shit. We riot. <laughs> I'm going to lose it. And like, okay, I, d- I don't want to turn this episode into a Debbie Downer, but you don't know if Aaron Jones and or Jamal Williams will be back at some point, And I know it's early. This is the fifth game for the Packers, but at some point you want to see what your second round draft pick looks like. And you want to see what he can do. And I get the notion that we want to save him for fresh legs at Lambeau because let me tell you, there's not anybody more excited for somebody trucking people through the snow than I am to see AJ Dillon. But we have to know what we have because you don't know that you can resign one or both of your running backs. You are absolutely correct. This is, this is why we do the show together because we're just, 
<laughs> I love it. All right. So what, what even is next? Key matchups. No, we got to do the Bucks uh, X Factor. All right. Yep. That. Okay. So my Bucks X Factor, just really quick, is Tyler Johnson. They're a rookie wide receiver. Um, he is a guy out of Minnesota. He didn't go to the combine. So I think that's kind of why he fell in the draft this year. Um, and he had his breakout game against the bears where he had six targets from Brady four receptions for 61 yards, not no touchdowns, but he had those catches at kind of key moments as well. And when you have a rookie like that, who you have no tape on sometimes kind of harder to, to, you know, know what to do with him. And, you know, their wide receiver core is while they are, looks like they're going to go based off the injury report are nursing injuries. So you never know what's going to happen. So maybe Tyler Johnson does get more uh, touches than, you know, you would think with all their starters. in. so I definitely would be prepared to see a little bit of him. Um, I'm sure Bruce Arians wants to get him in the mix. So uh, that is my Bucks X factor. I don't like, I'm not confident in mine as an X factor, but I honestly feel like it's Rob Gronkowski. And I say that because he's had such a slow start to the season and we know what Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski can do when they're clicking. And I don't know if that's because Gronk Gronk was retired and he came back and, you know, he was, I guess, underweight for his position to start, you know, he had lost all that weight and gotten really healthy. And then he kind of had to put some weight back on to play, but he just has had a really slow start to his season in Tampa Bay. And, if he is able to build off of that, this would probably be a decent game to do it. And that's not a disrespect to the Packers inside linebackers, but we have seen that they've given up significant yardage in the middle of the field to tight ends. Hayden Hurst had his opportunities. Rob Gronkowski is obviously slower, perhaps not as he athletic. Looks, <laughs> he looks like Jimmy Graham. And now Jimmy Graham's fucking killing it in Chicago. And okay, well, I meant like he looks like Jimmy Graham did last year. Okay, like well, he's slow. Fair. Yeah, he looks like he's running through quicksand. And like, oh god, are we going to segue and talk about Jason Witten, who also looks oh, like? Oh, <laughs> but I'm so happy for Jason Witten. He's so old. He's still playing. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this is not like a scary tight end from the sense, you know that maybe you think he's going to burn you over the top for a a ton of yards. But I do think that he's somebody that you have to keep an eye on because once they get rolling and I fully expect them to later in the season, he can be another X factor for the Bucks offense because they have Chris Godwin, they have Mike Evans, they have Ronald Jones, they have Leonard Fournette. OJ Howard is out right now on injured reserve. So if they can get any type of productivity out of Cameron Brait or Gronk, that's just another dynamic level to this Bucks offense that is already doing pretty well i mean yeah i think they have they have a shot so yeah i mean that, brady brady threw for five touchdowns against the chargers so yeah he did <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah okay so key matchup for this game go <laughs> <laughs> i'm used to asking the questions i don't like being put on the spot no my uh my ex or my key matchup is the and i hope we didn't take the same one but kenny clark is back it is the Packers front seven against this Bucks offensive line. And I'm sorry because I feel like we're agreeing, but I'm going to let you talk about the thing I know you want to talk about that involves one Khalil Mack. But I think that that is evidence as to why this Packers front seven needs to generate pressure on Tom Brady. And 
our lovely social media producer from Game On Wisconsin, Erin, has said that she loves that you coined the term turtling <laughs> in reference to Tom Brady. And we, we know that Tom Brady's not a mobile quarterback. So if you generate pressure on Tom Brady, good things will happen for this Packers defense. So I think that has to be the key to the game is getting enough pressure on Brady that he cannot have time to find his guys in the pocket because right. if you give Mike Evans and Chris Godwin time to get open, they will get open. Right. Right. Yeah. So we definitely have the same one, which is fine. <laughs> we'll just expand on the conversation because <laughs> I did a lot of research the other day about the, this Bucks offensive line. You did. And over Twitter. the reason I did that is because I was watching the game and the announcers were talking about how good this offensive line is and how Brady speaks so highly of his center um, and how they're loving Tristan Wirfs. And then I watched the game and I was like, hmm, this does not add up. So <laughs> it turns out that their offensive line is not that good. Um, they're one of the most penalized offensive lines in the league, which you just can't have self-inflicted wounds against the Packers because you know that the Packers play a clean game. And so if you are going to hurt yourself, you're, you're going to throw the game away. That's the first thing. The second thing is Donovan Smith has allowed three sacks already this season. Eight penalties, three sacks. Even their center, I think his name is Ryan Jensen, he has also allowed a sack and has three penalties. So this is already I'm seeing matchups that are just made for Preston and Zedarius Smith just absolutely made for them. And we've seen that Petten allows Adarius to roam around the line and choose where he thinks he's going to win. So I am fully predicting a lot of Zadarius Smith versus Donovan Smith in this game because we already know that he is the weak link. And as you and I have said, the weakest link on an offensive line is how good that offensive line is. And if this guy is going to allow... Darius, Rashawn, Preston to get home to Tom Brady exactly like you said he's gonna turtle and he's not gonna be able to get the ball down the field to his receivers and it doesn't matter how good your receiving core is if your quarterback can't get you the ball you ain't getting no yards so I completely agree that this is the key matchup here having Kenny back is huge because we will now see is the pass rush not getting home because they're missing one of their guys and now Kenny's going to be back and everything's going to work the way it's supposed to, the way we saw it last year. Or is there something deeper involved here that needs to be fixed? Yeah. And before we jump to our predictions, I really want to talk about this more because the same way that you're a cornerback stand, I'm a Zadarius Smith stand, and I could talk about, you know, the productivity of the front seven for my entire life. But Preston Smith, I wrote about this in my pregame six pack, six pack for Cheesehead TV. And I think that this is a big week for him. Because with Kenny Clark back and, you know, with Gary likely coming back as well, Preston Smith should be able to do exactly what he does best, and that's rush the passer. Mm -hmm. So I think we'll get a better sense with Kenny eating up the middle how he looks. Because his numbers are dramatically different from last season, even though when you look at him dropping into coverage versus him rushing, it's about the same. So I don't know if the slow start is because they're being asked to do more in a guy like Kenny Clark's absence, or if this is just because he's kind of slowly getting up to speed with the defense. But I will say a front five of Kingsley Kiki, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Zadarius Smith, and Preston Smith is nightmare fuel. And even with Kenny Clark coming back, I still want to see Zadarius Smith as a roaming nose. 
because I think that he was successful there rushing against guards. And if we can have that same kind of production with a guy like Kenny Clark in the middle, it's going to free up the edge rushers. So we're going to see a lot more from Gary and we're going to see a lot more from Preston as well with Zadarius still kind of staying over the middle. Let's get it. (laughs) That's what I have to say. I, I love it. All right, Perry, before we wrap things up, what's your score prediction? I mean, another 30 burger. Oh yeah. We talked about I don't it. like this 30 burger. Uh, okay. All right. I think 40 is, is the cutoff 40 uh, because 30 is just like what we're doing on an, any given Sunday. So it's hard to make it sound special. <laughs> what about like a 30 cheese curd? <laughs> I like that. I, I don't know. It's, it's very Wisconsin. I think that, um, this game is going to be what I hope to be a little bit more of a defensive game. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a 40 burger situation, but I think we win 30 to 27. Okay. That was very abrupt. That was like, that's my answer. I think it's 30. Do you want an explanation? Um, I I think that we, we still are (laughs) going to be able to move the ball against this team. Um, I don't see uh, our offense not being able to put up points, but I also don't see the bucks offense not being able to put up points. I think it's going to be close. Um, but you know, I, I don't know we haven't had a Mason Crosby, you know, game winning field goal kick, um, yet this season. I think we're due. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a one score game. I kind of felt comfortable with like 35, 32, 31, 28, It's, it's going to be close. I think it's going to be mid thirties to low twenties or mid thirties to mid thirties. Like it, it, I agree with you. I think it's going to be, it's going to come down to the wire and I don't want to say it's going to be the team that possesses the ball last wins, because I think that we'll see more out of this Packers defense. I think the Packers will win, but I think that this is going to be a truer test and it's not going to be as high scoring because this Bucks rushing defense is so stout. Right. More so, ingredients there. Surprise. Yeah. I mean, do I have to give a final score? Cause I'll say, yeah, give us your official prediction. I'll say 31, 24. Tigers. Nice. Love it. All right. Well, All right. we'll see what happens. Yeah. That this was fun. I love talking about football with Perry Goldstein. So I love talking about football with Maggie. <laughs> so here we are. It's a good thing that we do this every week. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, a little bit longer than normal, but I think there's a lot to talk about because both these teams are, are good teams. And, uh, yeah, Maggie, where, where can people find you on, on Twitter and all of the places and all the things that you do? Oh God. Okay. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV. I am part of a live show with Perry Goldstein on Mondays at 6 PM central time called happy hour with game on Wisconsin. And then I'm also with the Thursday pack a day podcast crew. Perry, where can all of the people find your work on social media? Oh boy. Yeah. So follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Um, that's really where you can see everything. It's all in my header. I, I don't even know if I want to list it all out, but yeah, happy <laughs> hour with Maggie on Mondays, um, every other Sunday with the pack a day podcast crew and every Tuesday and Friday ish with Packer report on our game preview and recaps with Ross Uglum. That was a nice summary. Yeah, that was really succinct. We're getting pretty good at this. Thank you, as always, for listening. We Hopefully, next time you hear from us, we'll be talking about the 5-0 Green Bay Packers, who are well on their way to an NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field, if you wear a mask. So thank you, as always, for listening. Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go!